and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunderland Review Show. Wins are great, defeats are a bit of a pain in the ass, but uh, nil-nil draws are perhaps the worst thing for a podcast, if I'm completely honest with you, but we're going to try our best. Um, I'm joined by two regular voices to go over Sunderland's nil-nil draw with Coventry City on Saturday. First up, Ross Black. Ross, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, good. Um, like you say, nil-nil draws are hardly the best ones to decipher and talk about, but we'll give it a good shot. I honestly, like, if anyone thinks about doing a podcast, that like if you get a nil-nil draw, it's the worst. Because you've got no goals to speak about and you're kind of not happy and you're also not that sad. But anyway, Dave, you've joined us as well. Cheer us up, mate, because we're in a, uh, not in a sad mood, it's just it's a nil-nil draw, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'll try my best, but I'm not promising anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the questions at the end. That'll be good. I'm sure someone's got some banter for us. I've enjoyed it, actually. I've enjoyed the readers' questions. Readers' questions? <laughs> no one reads us. Listener questions. Um, I have enjoyed it, yes. We've got a few of them at the end. Um, if you just want to skip straight to that and not listen to our own questions, you can do that, but I'm not going to tell you when it starts, so it's going to be a bit of a lottery. But um, coming to you first, Ross, obviously, if, I think I'd have taken a point before the game, to be honest with you. So as much as I've sounded downbeat about a nil-nil draw, like I would have definitely took a point before the game. I thought would get beat. So um, what are your thoughts on the, the game, the result? Yeah, spot on. I think you're right when we're saying before the game he would have took a point. And I think I said in the chat in isolation, it's probably a good point. But with the start of the season we've had, and uh, I, I know it was it was to me what was is disappointing is how it seems how far ahead Coventry are attacking wise to us, and it was glaringly obvious to everybody. Um. Poor Dave was, I thought he was going to have a heart attack in the chat during the match. Have I heard, get a striker one more time, get a striker. It was like a man in the mirror saying, get a striker, get a striker, get a striker, that a striker would just appear. Um, and one did, called him here, but he wasn't very good when he came on. A bit like Candyman. Yeah. Dave, <laughs> obviously you're, you're not happy about not having a striker. Look, someone said, can you go on a whole podcast without mentioning it? I'm sorry if that's what you tuned in for. It's kind of, it's really hard to like do anything but. But um, Dave, nil nil draw, would have took it before the game. Um, what was your thought on the the results, the performance? Is it positive? Yeah. I, th- I think, I think like Ross says, in, in isolation, it's absolutely fine. But... The problem is four points from the first 12, isn't it? So it's probably not that great. Um, yeah, there was. I thought Jack Clark was a lot better today than he has been. So I'll take that as a positive. Um, I, I'm not saying that that says much because I don't think he's had a great start. Job is uh, Job's keeping up his record, isn't he? He's having one great game, one bad game. Or one, sorry, let's not go with bad game. That's harsh. Let's go one anonymous game. Um, but that's probably just them finding out that Job is not a centre forward. Or potentially, potentially that he's only seventeen. I think is uh, <laughs> which we probably forgot about. To be honest, but I kind of agree in a way. I think Clarky looked a bit better. Um, I'm still waiting for more from Clarky, but you know the, the positives. So I think it's a point I would have taken. I do think Coventry will be up and around there. Ellis Sims didn't score. Um, shocked by that. Uh, the biggest part, though, Ross, like first clean sheet of the season. I'm sure we'll come on to the other end of the pitch. We have already, in a way, but uh, we've discussed some of the silly mistakes we've made that have led up to goals. Be it some of them have been unlucky. 
deflections, but there's been like losing the ball higher at the pitch and stuff like that. But I thought I thought Ballard and 9 were really good today. Um, I think Sirkins had a good start the season as well. I, I don't think Hume has, but you know, I'm not going to be too harsh. I thought first clean sheet's really important. How important is that to you, obviously, based on the, the past few weeks where we've been a, a little bit shaky at points? Yeah, massive. I think it's huge for Patterson as well. Because I don't think you can do a lot with the goals we've conceded, if I'm honest. The two deflections especially. Um, the one thing we've always said that's been pointed at over here lately is for all that we haven't got a striker we've still kept scoring goals and then we've been conceding far too many but again it's it's one of them where they did have chances I thought Patterson pulled off one brilliant save in particular um, I can't remember who it was and they, they mentioned Sims that I think is it is it right their lad they've brought in he, he right, I think he's called. Uh... He looks good, but on the flip side, they've had to spend millions on him just to get him there in the championship. And I know it's something we'll go on to, but their front line costs like what twenty odd million today. So you can you can see why we're uh, we're in this position with what's happened. But sorry to go, but say look, we're talking about the defense, and I'm still backtracked. But on the defense, yeah, I'm really happy for the defense as a whole because me included. I've been a bit critical of the goals I've conceded, but today they're sort of tall against a very strong attacking lineup, and it'll only do the confidence good going forward on the next week against a very good attacking side in Southampton. Look, it is hard not to admit. I know you went in on the strike the same. We try to talk about defence, and if there's anyone listening going off, oh, for God's sake, like every podcast goes on about this. Yeah, we do, but it's it's really hard not to because it's like. It's really glaringly obvious, but I've got to be honest and say that I thought defence was really good today. I thought Ballard was excellent. I don't think it's um, any surprise that I think Ballard's great, but I think that's probably his best performance he's had in this season. I thought it was good last week, and I thought the defence was good last week a beat against a pretty poor team that I think would be bottom five. But um, outside of the one mistake that they made, which came from, I think, Equa last week, the, the past two weeks have been far better. And I think if you can... And as Sam Allardyce would say, if you can, or Michael Bowers, if you prefer, um, very different people for the record. Um, but they both have the same belief that if you can keep clean sheets, obviously it's a really good foundation to build on. And that's a really hard thing to argue against because if you're struggling to score goals or you don't have like a focal point, if you can keep tight at the back, then you never know what you might get up the top. But um, Dave, uh, I'll come to you with the next one, obviously. <sighs> I'm going to have to come on to it. I think it's pretty obvious what we're missing. And I don't just mean a striker in that. I think there's still a defensive midfielder missing there as well. I was excited for about four hours that we might sign Adam Forshaw. Um, and then that didn't happen at all. But um, as per reports, it doesn't seem that we're any closer to signing a centre forward. Don't know if we're any closer to signing that defensive midfielder. Hopefully that changes. Mowbray said a few things. I think I think it was report. I don't. A few people said it was clickbait. I don't think it is clickbait. I think, I think Tony Mowbray has more or less said that he's a little bit worried that a striker might not come in. But I think, at the same time as he's saying he's he's not really in charge of recruitment, so you can take it one way or another, really. Um, but what did you make of Mowbray's comments, Dave? And and what have you made of the fact that we're not really that much closer to getting a striker by the sounds of it? I think the only phrase I've got for it, mate, is it's just boring. <laughs> I'm just bored of it. Uh, we've said everything we can possibly say on the matter, I think, and 
who knows if it's if it's Mowbray trying to put pressure on a game. We've said it every review this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, even the even the forwards that we're looking at apparently aren't out and out centre forwards. From what we understand, they're more that kind of winger type centre forward. Um, from what I've seen with the few appearances that Hamia's had in the league. One, he's not ready. But secondly, we just we don't know how to play that way. The couple of pre-seasons that I saw, the balls that went in the box, he actually became quite useful. I think at one point the day I saw him outside, like as if he was a right winger. And I'm thinking, do us a favour, just get in the box. Just get in the box and like let someone cross the ball. But then because Clark is on one side and inverted, Bar was out there today, and Bar put a couple, certainly one that I remember, one decent ball in from the right, and I'm thinking, yeah, big centre forward might have actually done something there. Um, frustrating. That's that's how it's going to be until it's resolved. But I said in the chat, uh, people might disagree, and <laughs> I've I've gone full circle considering we're um, we're a couple of weeks into the season, but. It's a mid-table team at best. I think there'll be a lot of people disagree with that, but I think it's a good. I said three to four signings. That's probably being probably being generous. It could probably be closer to five. I don't think we're going to get that many. Uh, so yeah, just more frustration and maybe they've got to lower my expectations a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't want to make um, too many assumptions too early because you can lose your first six games in the championship and still get in the playoffs as Coventry and, and Borough proved last season. But we do look a bit short and I think, you know, people might be saying, oh, it's only a striker. We played without a striker last year, but like Diallo and that made a difference. And obviously Roberts was missing today. You get a couple of injuries and we look we look short. Um, it, it's really hard not going about and I don't want to. So I'm going to move on a bit and look at like solutions if possible, Ross. My cat's busy shouting in the background. He's obviously not happy about uh, the absence of said striker, but um, there has to be, we have to start looking at solutions here. That's what Mowbray needs to do. And, I know uh, Rusin, I think he's called, potentially could come in. That seemed like it was done by the Ukrainian press. And then but Stanfield seemed done. And obviously he went and bagged today and scored, signed for Birmingham. But um, I think, you know, how would you feel if we went with kind of what we have, Ross, and then Stewart comes back? I think he's playing in a bounce game or something. I could be wrong with that. I'm sure I read that somewhere. And then that my end, I think he might be back in about three or four weeks to a month or something. Um is it doable to get by and then and then see what Stuart and my end to bring, or is that just am I clutching a bit? I think like it's my, I don't know. It's one of them. It's it's it all if but some maybe's in it. No certainties. There's no solid signings. There's no solid plan. I'm worried now. I've been I've been the one who's been pretty like in the group chat. I'm probably the one who me and Brad are more half glass full when it comes to the transfer and recruitments. You and Dave have both expressed obvious concerns and I, I I can see where they've come from, but I've always had the faith that it would come to the last week and we'd have a centre midfielder in, we'd have a striker or two in a way. And we're sat here after four championship games where them gaps are still glaringly obvious. And normally I'd be like, yeah, we're just waiting out for the right ones, but the fact that we're linked with players and we're clearly after them and they're going somewhere else is worrying. And then the links today, 
have came out from Scotland tonight about Ross Stewart leaving Southampton again. So he may not even get the chance to see Ross Stewart play for Sunderland. But then also on the flip side, would the sale of Stewart for cash enable us to then get players in? It's catch-22 at the minute. You just... The market's crazy. That's one thing I'm going to point out. Like, Joel Pirro, 15 million. Fuck me, man. He's not that good. The market's mad. Like, it, I mean, I know... It, and I don't want to, like, make excuses because my, my opinion is that we should have had these players lined up, like, long... Yeah. In 100% ABC, we should have had yeah. players. But it's it's mad how much... Like, I think we kind of got by a bit last season how good Robertson and Diallo were together and that freed up a lot of space for Jack Clark on the left and Pritchard played a lot more last season. Wish he played a bit more this season, but uh, God knows what's going on with that. But Hamir doesn't look ready to me and doesn't look like the kind of player that we need at the moment. And that's, that's okay. I'm not slating him. The kid's 19. He's not meant to be the finished article yet. But at the minute, he's our only striker. Um, I'd be devastated to see... To see Ross leave, but but Dave, I, I, well, actually, no, I'll come back to you, Ross, with this one. A central midfielder seems essential as well. I, I still, I know Ek was great. I think Daniels had a good start the season, but I still feel there's a bit of like there's that Corey Evans missing. Yeah, we've got no control. They're scanning the defence off the ball. And the transition when we lose the ball is where I'm worried about us. That's where the goal against Ipswich and uh, Rotherham came from. We lost possession against Preston. We were easily countered. We didn't have that scan in front of the back line. Um, but who's available? It feels maybe it's a bit too late. I think I think the problem was we're banking on Matetti to come back in. And that injury has really, really fucked the plans up. But why? Is it that was four weeks ago now? They knew this. It seems like we're just sitting... Are, are we going to go all out like a Roy Keane type of thing? And then just go, like say... Six six games and it'll be four games in or five games and sorry when it shuts. So the season's part. There's a lot of games to play, but it just feels like we're, we're waiting for something to happen. And we were doing this last January. We we're waiting for the striker to come in. We we're waiting for the centre midfielder to come in, and it didn't happen. It feels like they've got to get it right this time. Or to me, the waste in the season because we're, I don't think we'll go down. We're too good to go down, but we're not gonna we're not gonna challenge the playoffs, and we're only are three or four players away. From being a solid team who can challenge, because we've we say when we uh, covering today and they've spent millions and we've matched them, we've just had a few parts missing. And I know we're on about before going back to strike. I'm sorry to go again, but you're on about my ender to come back. Everybody's like, oh, my ender to come back. He's two years younger than Hemia, and we're all saying Hemia's not ready. How can this kid be ready all of a sudden just because he's two years younger? I, I love the model and I think it's great when it works, but. You kind of fuck the strikers. They're not they're the reason they're the main source for income, the main most paid, the most known in the world, and that's because they do the hardest job and that's put the put the ball in the back of the net. And you can't be relying on kids to do that. And if Stuart is gonna go, we need to get money in from him, we need to replace him. If he's gonna stay, we need to get him face him, we need to put him up front in a randomized shirt. Yeah, I think that's pretty I think you've hit the nail on the head. Hopefully, Rusin comes in so we can sing Wise Men Say Only Fools Rus In, um, which would be a fantastic chant, and you can have that completely free. Dave, uh, I'm going to come to you quickly because my cat's moaning on like the more the most moan he's ever been, ever, and it's doing my nut in. Um, shut up, mate. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, one player back from injury today, 
Elliot Embleton. I am actually a really big fan of Emble. Um, obviously, he wasn't going to come on today, I think Tony Mowbray said. But just in your opinion, Dave, um, Embo, how much of an impact can can he make this season? Yeah, he's, if if nothing else, if the quality isn't quite there with, with Embo, and I, I think he does do it in, in spells and it's up to him to start performing consistently. Um with Elliot, I, I think he I think he needs a good run of games. Um, but he's always got that chip on his shoulder, hasn't he? He's always got that edge. You can tell he's a local lad, so you can tell how much it means to him. And I, I think he gives you a, an extra dynamic when he plays. Um it'll take a while for him to get up to speed. He's been out for so long, hasn't it? Bit of a freak injury. Um but yeah, he'll certainly he'll certainly add something else. And to be honest, just just being around for a while, he's um, he's probably well. He is more experienced than the likes of Equa. He is a little bit more experienced than Dan Neil. Um, and yeah, that can't be a bad thing to be honest. You know what's weird? I kind of agreed with you there, and, and Dan Neil. And then I think Dan Neil's played over hundred games for someone. I only realised this the other day, and I'm thinking, bloody hell. Um, but I, I really like Embo. I think uh, Tony Mowbray said today he can change a game. And I think once he's up to speed, I, I think he can. I know some people don't like him. Um, that's fine. Like everyone's got their own opinion. But that, I think for me, Embo's numbers have always have always been really impressive since he's played like regular first team football at Sunderland. And he had good numbers at Blackpool as well when he was there on loan. So two footed player can take the corner. Um, I, I think he's really important. But one player I think we, we really did miss today, Ross, and, and we spoke about it a bit last week um, on the show. Unfortunately, Patrick Roberts is, is out, and I think this season Patrick's been our best player. Uh, he's a huge miss. I think he's really hard to replace. We went with Abdullah Barr on the wing today, and and for me, it didn't really work. Um, I'm not 100% sure that's his position at all. And I'm not writing anyone off, um, but whilst we're on the subject of the model and... In principle, it's working in a lot of situations. There's maybe one or two, like Hoffman, Diaki, where it hasn't. I'm not writing anyone off, but Barr and like Jewison Benetti, for me, haven't really progressed in the, a year. They're about where they were when we first got them. Is that a bit concerning as well? Yeah, but to me, I don't get the shift from Barr's position where he played against Norwich. He was very good in the number 10 role away last season. He scored, never got picked again in that position, came back pre-season and now he's a winger. Like, and now, like, obviously, our back won't be at the tilt, but some of his decisions and, like, he's, the way he says players' positions are that and he moves players about sometimes, honestly, baffle me. Like, I mean, that one's back. The, the Danny Bart one's a bit weird, isn't it? And Pritchard, but I think every time we came on the pitch, every time he's came on the pitch, Pritchard's looked good and the defence was really good today, but... He's, he's made comments about being naive and stuff, which he touched on a couple of weeks ago. And he then like drops the most experienced, well, not drops him, doesn't play the most experienced players and goes with like total naivety. And then the centre forward he's thing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I really like Tony uh, to quote Father Ted, but yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. Cause I agree with you, you on Bar. I think yeah. he looks better in the 10, mate. You know, just and Roberts is just he's classy, brings out the best in players around him. And 
how long has he had to play without the bloody striker as well? Where he gets on the he does all his runs, gets the six yard box and pulls it back, and there's no one there. <laughs> Him and Ahmad last season, at least he had someone within a few yards he could tap the ball. But now we're just we're just we're just going around circles, aren't we? Here, let's be honest. It's it's we've done three three weeks of these podcasts now, and nothing's changed. It's it's a massive week for Speakman. It's a massive week for Louis Dreyfus. Because I think he's... Speakman takes a lot of flack for him. Because he's got away with a lot of off-the-field shit. Because off-the-field we're a bit of a shambles. And that's been covered by how good we've been doing on the field. And I feel if, if on-the-field stuff starts to unravel, if we don't get the players in, we're left short and this season becomes a struggle, the off-field stuff will get exaggerated and brought to the fore. So, yeah, it just feels... I, I, I'm happy with the point and I'm so glad we didn't get beat because I think if we get beat it would have been meltdown central but I think I think we've reached a boiling point this week and it's ready to go and if we don't get it sorted by Saturday or the week after and we get battered off Southampton at home in front of the telly it it could it could turn I just feel like it's ready to go yeah I think I think, you know, when things are, like, not great off the pitch and stuff, but it's great on the pitch and you like all the players, it's dead easy. It's, like, switch off from it. And maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe that's the wrong thing to do because ultimately all you really care about is the results on the pitch. But things do get magnified when they're not great. And, look, people will be listening to this and go, bloody hell, they've been dead negative. But, like, I thought we were good today. Like, there's a load of positives about it, but there is that underlying concern that I have that I'm, like, I felt a bit positive. And I said, I think I said at the time in the preview show that I felt like that positivity was coming from my heart rather than my head. But I also was like, ah, things will fix within a few weeks. And I'm just a bit, I hate getting in the last week of the window and not knowing wh- where we're at. Um, but I agree. I think a lot of people do have a good speakman. I'm one of them. Um, but I think KLD and, and Harvey's part of that as well. You know, if they get praised for the success, they've also got to be looked at when things are not right as a collective. They're a team. They're not an individual. Um, and Speakman can only deal with what he's been given. There, there is an element of it's not his money to spend. It's just his job to to do what he can do. And if he's told you can't have anything more than you know a little bit on loan, then what's he meant to do? Like Stansfield wants to stay closer to his family. I think that makes sense to me. Obviously, I think everyone knows the story with his dad and stuff like that. So he's obviously going to be very close to his mom. Um, so I think, you know, understandably that makes sense. And then you've got Tom Cannon, it's like a £1 million loan fee. That's a lot of money. Um, so, that you know, there, there, I'm not always a Speakman defender. However, I think there is reason to look at KLD and, and other people as well, Ross. Can I have one question to you and Dave? With the rumours no. tonight... That- no, Jewish. I do them. I do the questions. No, move on. I want, I want you to answer. <laughs> I want you to answer. I want to put you on the spot. You need to oh, give an no. opinion. You need to be cancelled on Twitter. Oh, you need to be vilified to... on the forum. Don't want to. If we had an offer to sell Ross Stewart and it meant we brought in a centre midfielder and two strikers, would you take it no. right now? No. Dave, it'd have to be some offer, and it's it's money that we're not going to get. It's um. For me, if you were right now, if I was on the understanding that Roscoe would not sign and has no interest in signing, and you offered me ten to twelve million, then yes, I'd take it. 
but that money's not on the table. There's nowhere near it. There's nowhere close. So, no. I mean, 12 plus, I, but I kind of, with what Dave said, I don't think we get more than five at the minute because of A's injuries. And B, I think we could get into a situation where he comes back, becomes our focal point, scores loads of goals because he's class, and then you get a January, and then you think, wait, he's still only worth five million because his contract's done, and we're going to have to pay up. I think it's a really difficult situation. I think his contract should have been done a long, long time ago, and you wouldn't have had that situation. But at the minute, like it's needs must, and I think for the money we could get for Ross Stewart, I don't really think it would really be. I don't think we get enough to cover what we need necessarily. Um, I would have felt a lot better if we brought someone in like Adam Forshaw. I think that would have been a cracking signing. Um, but by the by, he's obviously chose someone else. Stansfield's obviously chose someone else um, for their own personal reasons. But listener questions, I quite like this, and a lot of them relate to a striker. <laughs> um, so if you've had enough of the striker chat, fucking switch off immediately right now. Um, but that is where we are with the fan base at the minute. That's kind of the, the situation. I'll throw this one to you first, Dave. Um, from Keith, simple question Are you confident we'll sign a striker? No, not at all. Easy as that. Uh, yeah, I've got to be honest. I, I feel the same way. I think I've seen this picture before. And I, I think we're going to wait and see if we can get my ender and, and Stuart fit and use them too. And, uh, don't get me wrong, if my end is good and he does well and Ross Stewart comes back with no problems, then I think I'm almost okay with waiting a couple of weeks, if it's, say, three weeks before one of them or two of them are back. But um, nothing's ever straightforward with Sunderland. Throw that, way into, throw that one to you too as well, Ross. I think you don't need too many opinions on that. Is that something you're confident in? Because I know you've got a slightly different opinion than maybe me and Dave have had recently. Yeah, I think we will bring a striker in. But I think if we bring a striker in, I think the striker leaves. Ugh. Oh, man. Um, next question from Tony. Touching it a little bit, but it's a slightly different question, so I'll throw this one to you, Ross. Abdullah Bar, have we seen enough to realise he's unlikely to be good enough for Sunderland? I thought it was an odd decision starting him today. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but um, this is less on his position more and if he's good enough. I think he's got talent. He's shown that, like you say, Norwich away was brilliant. But he scored well. I don't think he's been given a fair chance in his right position, but we've now got more number 10s than than, than any team in the league. It's it's crazy. Yet we play one. Um, so I feel like he's been shoehorned into being Lahadji's replacement. And it's then going to have a knock-on effect on his development. So I don't know if that's not on effect of the recruitment or not on effect of the management, but I feel like he's regressed into to the t- potential that he showed last season 100%. You know, it talks about bringing money in and stuff like that. I kind of completely forgot that they had even existed at any point. The rumours was it was what, 215 rising to four, something like that. Where's the money gone? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, we've banked that, which has been like a bonus amount of cash because. Look, I would have took probably two million for the had yet. I'll be honest, I can say it now he's gone. I thought he looked like Bambi on ice. Um but then there's also there's also rumors in the French press, a very reliable French press, that we're bidding four million euros for wingers. Like what the fuck? We need strikers, man. I mean, at this point, like I was really dead against it, but if someone took me twenty five million for Jack Clark and we could get a striker, a midfielder, and his replacement in I mean, I'd rather not. 
lose him. But like at this point, I don't think we're going to get that kind of money for him, though. Are we? No, I don't think so. Unfortunately, because his name's not Alex Scott, so he's not in. Um, he's not. He's not popular. He's not a fad. And I don't mean the female one. Very good commentator for the record. I mean the male one that went there. Burnley, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, twenty-five mil. Um, Dave, Michael Snow. Um, it's kind of a little bit on what we've what we've touched already, but something slightly different. It's mad how many these questions and stuff we've come up with naturally. To be fair, like our variations of, like I feel like everyone in the fan base is feeling the same way. But um, question for the pod: If we're struggling so bad to get a striker due to the market value of strikers, why don't we just give Stuart what he wants? It seems like common sense and it saves us a lot of money, Dave. I'm going to throw that one at you because I know you answer, but it's your turn anyway. Yeah, I'm exactly the same opinion as you. Should have been done 18 months ago. I think it's the best thing that's happened to us in that position probably since... Fady? Uh, Josie Allardo. Yeah, I mean, Defoe, but even before that, for, for not having a, a short-term fix, Although it did turn out short term, didn't it? I think that the last time that I saw a centre forward sign that I consistently loved watching week in, week out, and Defoe does fit that, but was probably Darren Bent. Um, mm. We're going back as far as that. Obviously, we all know how that turned out as well. Um, but yeah, should have been done. It shouldn't have mattered if we were getting another centre forward in or whatever. He's done enough in the time that he's played to warrant what he deserves um and he's probably going to get that elsewhere and that really pisses me off him i'll be honest yeah 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 same um i, I kind of agree i, I would have given it along i mean if you're talking like if you want 45 grand a week well no um because like it just makes no sense but i think the boy's someone you can really hang your hat on and, and has been outside of the injuries unfortunately which obviously is a factor but he's been someone you can hang your hat on and uh the first one since you know, the likes of JD and, and Darren Bent, and we all know how valuable they were over the time with something and going further back, Quinny and Phillips, um, plays like that. You just, you don't get that fit into your system and just work perfectly. And it doesn't matter. You could spend 25 million on a striker. It might not work as well as it did with, with Stewart. But I mean, I'm not in charge of the purse strings and I can't spend um, his money. I can't even spend my own. I'm useless for money anyway. So I'd probably just give him about 45 grand on me. But um Last question, Ross, before we go. This has been quite a sad part. I'm really sorry, everyone. Um, good result, but we're just concerned. And I would like to be happier, but unfortunately, at the minute, I'm, I've got my concerns. And I think we all have. And I hope everyone understands that, understands why. But um, it's a strike a question, Ross. <laughs> um, are players like Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts going to get fed up with not having any striker to hit? Yes. Clark looks sick as fuck mm -hmm. from the season. I feel like he he got through it last year because he had the likes of Ahmad Roberts, even Gelhart linked up well. I think that's forgotten. He wasn't a goal scorer, but he linked up well. Um, but I think the players the players understood last season that like injuries got us, and it was late in the window, and they were like, "Yeah, fair enough," but they're not daft. There's the reason all these rumours are coming out about them leaving. It's because they want more. They want the club to match the ambition on the pitch, as well as Conrad Wise. It's you can pay them all the money in the world, but if they're not happy on the pitch, then it means an out. And I feel like I see. I think we're at the crossroads. We've got to. We're not saying spend billions. 
we're saying get the players in for the right areas who are going to bring out the best of our players that are currently there and we're going to make a fist of it in this season rather than just peter out with the same old shit that we're just we've been crying out for a striker for a year just 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 sign a striker please please <laughs> i mean we said about broadhead what six months ago and he scored again today um I think your score goals in the championship. I, would, I said at the time I'd rather Broadhead than Sims. For the record, mind the money Coppin we spent and what I seen the Sims today. I think collectively we can all agree that was probably a good move not to spend that amount of cash. Um, doesn't look like he's a player that's gonna get any better than what we've already seen. Great finisher, not not too great if you need him to be your target man. I don't think. Can we just add Mark? Mark Robbins has gone full football manager idea. He's absolutely adamant that when you play Ellis Sims against his former club, he scores. And they got it absolutely bang wrong because the the kid that came off the bench, the American lad who they paid nine million for, he'd have absolutely tortured us if he had ninety minutes, I reckon. So um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um but I think ultimately, look, I want to try and leave it on a, as much as positive as, as we can. I know many people might think it, it hasn't been. Um it's a good result. There's a lot of good performances today and you're only a couple of players away from being a really, really good side that can push the playoffs. And, you know, I stand by that. And Roni and Ahmad Diallo pretty much away from uh, winning the league, I think. Please come back in January, Ahmad. Um, but, Dave, Ross, thanks for joining. Um, onwards to a really, really tough game next week. But with the full crowd behind us, there's no reason why we can't get something out of that, hopefully. Um, thanks for joining, though, lads. And thanks, everyone, for, for listening and sending in the questions. And um, hopefully you, you can understand our slight pessimism and I hope we're back to optimism this time next week and we invite Brad back <laughs> yeah jump on the bandwagon Brad when we get a striker shame on you <laughs> as soon as we win we'll be back don't worry Brad 